grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are doing well. It's a new week, which means a new opportunity to work on your goals. At least that's how I like to think about it. Most people make New Year's resolutions. I like to make new week resolutions. For most of us, staying on track with our goals or resolutions can be difficult. If we don't feel like we're being held accountable, our progress tends to slowly decline. My guest today is a wellness coach, and we spend some time discussing this and discussing some of the myths about the food pyramid and what it's like working in a different country and starting your own business there. If you feel that Seth would be a helpful person in achieving your goals, make sure you head over to his website and connect with him. So now here is my interview with Seth Lusk. Hello, Chit Chatters. Thank you for joining me today. I am so happy to have my guest today, Seth Lusk. Now, Seth is a health and mindset coach and also has a new podcast that I hope all of you will tune into, especially right after this podcast that you're listening to right now. So, Seth, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, it's nice to be here. So, Seth, I just have to say, you are not in the States, right? You are in a different country. Correct. I live in Zurich, Switzerland. I am originally from the United States, and I've lived in Zurich now for, it will be five years in June. Wow. So can you tell us why you decided to uh, move there? Because I'm all about this right now, because I'm currently trying to get my residency in Puerto Rico. So what made you decide to go to Switzerland? Oh, so many different things. Um, So even as a teenager and young adult, I always liked the idea of exploring the world. And so I was always curious about what life would be like outside of the United States. And part of me always kind of felt like I didn't quite feel at home yet. So I always explored the idea of, I moved to different places throughout the United States. And finally, the opportunity presented itself through my ex-husband, which is another story we can, we can talk about. He was originally from Switzerland and we married in the United States. He was very homesick and we ended up deciding to move back to Switzerland so that he could start work here. And then when I got here, I just fell in love and I wanted to stay. So I've stayed ever since. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so touching on the ex-husband part, I'm currently trying to uncouple from my husband. I think mm-hmm. you and I are like kind of living parallel lives in different countries here. Um, <laughs> how was that for you? Well, um, it was a it was a very challenging experience um, going through a divorce in a foreign country. Mm. So... I grew a whole lot. I learned a whole lot about myself and what I'm capable of when I want to do something. And that was to stay in Switzerland. And yeah, the whole experience just, I'm not going to say it was easy. There was a lot of traumatizing that went on during during the divorce, but I made what I wanted happen, happen. And so for me, it was a huge growing experience. I, I also, of course, in hindsight, realized that our, our marriage was supposed to end. So that was a, a letting go process that I went through. And then from there, just it, it was a huge growing experience for me. Mm. 
Yeah, I found that the same for myself. And somebody recently asked me, like, you know, are you upset that you spent so much time with one person? And I was like, no, I cherish that time that we spent together because it made me who I am and I just love who I am. And so things are supposed to happen when they happen as they happen. Have you found that to be the case for you as well? Absolutely. If anything, my whole entire life story demonstrates the fact for me and something that I've I've come to terms with and learned Every experience formed my ability to see life in the way that I see it now. And I love the way that I see life. I love the way that I am showing up in life. And without every experience that I have gone through, I wouldn't be exactly who I am and where I am right now. So that was that was part of the experience that, that I chose in my life was to be married to someone that I would end up divorcing. I didn't know it at the time when I married this person, but, you know, yeah. that was I chose that path. So... And now you are now a health and mindless, mindless, that's not true. <laughs> health and mind. Sometimes I can be a little bit mindless. That's okay. <laughs> that's what makes us so creative. Yeah. <laughs> so you are a health and mindset coach and you're doing this in Switzerland. And so tell us a little bit about what that's like. Okay. So it's challenging from the perspective of in Switzerland, um, English is not one of the like language, official languages of the country, but a lot of people here can speak English. So that's a barrier that I'm having to slowly work through, slowly working on learning my German, but I'm not fluent enough in my German yet to coach in German. So I coach only in English. I do a lot of online coaching as well as in-person coaching. Um, I have my own practice, um, my own studio here in Zurich where I work out of. Um, And then I have an office at home, which is where I am right now. Um, And I do online coaching from there as well. And yeah, so it's a lot of, a lot of working with people that have health goals and kind of uncovering where that goal comes from, why they have it. And even if it's a genuine goal of theirs, and then how do we get the person to a space where they start creating it in their life? And that's how did you come to create this business? Oh, so my journey started in college. And I originally studied psychology because I thought I wanted to be a psychologist um, because I wanted to help people. And on my path, I took some elective courses in nutrition and I fell in love with the idea of using nutrition as medicine. And at the same time, I was learning about the licensing process of becoming a psychologist and having your own psychology practice and how much time and work that would take. And then if you move to a different state, you have to go through the licensing process again. And so, yeah, I decided, why don't I just put that kind of on the back burner? And that was like my mind, that became my minor degree. And I started focusing on nutrition. And in my focus of nutrition, I also discovered exercise physiology. So those became my major. And I graduated from college, started work immediately as a nutrition specialist and personal trainer. And with years and years of doing this work and struggling and watching my clients suffer and trying to figure out why it is that I'm, I'm not able to get these people to make lifelong changes, why all the changes seem to be temporary, they all get exasperated and want to give up in the end. And it was actually during my divorce that I discovered life coaching and I started doing my own self coaching. And through that work, I started discovering that the power of this work applied to so many different areas of life, including how I was taking care of my health. So I decided to go back to school, get certified as a life coach. And then I started incorporating that practice into my business. 
Um, and just this past year, I decided to do sort of a rebranding and refocus of my business to where it's now a mindset and health coach based business that offer, I offer the personal training and nutrition consulting, but I start with the mindset work first. Interesting. Now, what do you think is one thing about nutrition people should know, but they don't? Ooh, oh, that's a tough one for me to answer because there are so many things. I think the biggest passion that I have to teach people about is the dangers of processed sugars and processed carbohydrates in our diet. I was just actually thinking that. Yeah. I just had frosted mini wheats and I'm like, oh, this is not good. I'm gonna be talking to a health coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's really there's so much unawareness in the world about because if you if you look at our dietary guidelines that came started in the United States and they've kind of spread around the world, they teach us to focus on carbohydrates as our main source of energy. And that's the myth and sort of like the lie about nutrition that I want to break through is that our bodies are actually not designed to thrive on glucose. And so this is kind of like the the big thing that I want to bring to people is opening their eyes to this idea that this is not our primary fuel. Yeah. I remember reading a book when I was doing my personal training courses about how the food pyramid that we're supposed to have like seven servings of greens, which is like a whole bunch of bullshit, but it's there because we had to support the farmers. Mm, That that is partially true, yes. But really what it is is that the the grain industry or the, the farming industry, agricultural industry, got into funding some research that skewed um, the perspective of the health community at the time to make these dietary guidelines in their favor. And so, yeah, that's kind of how this happened. Um, There were a lot of deep pockets that were invested in keeping grains and sugar as the, the staples in our diet. And they sort of shoved a bunch of money into the pharmaceutical industry, into all of the research that was happening at the time to help it along in their favor, if if you could say. (laughs) Which is so bad because you want to believe this stuff. Like this is supposed to be, you know, how we live our lives. We get taught this in kindergarten about like, this is the food group. And now we have like some weird pyramid now that I don't really know how to read it. And Mm -hmm. so what do you think is like the general rule of just like nutrition? Would it be like cutting out as much sugar as possible, cutting out carbohydrates? Nobody really needs to eat a potato a day. For me, if, if people just made one shift in their diet, and even here, there would be more shifts that I would want to make because I know also this idea about fruits being healthy and we need to eat so much fruits that's also a myth. But um, if people would just shift to eating whole foods, that would already make so many people healthier and get rid of so many of the the autoimmune and diseases that we're seeing coming up nowadays, um, coming from eating all of this processed garbage that we label as food. Mm-hmm. So that would be the, the, if I could give everyone just one tip to start, just start on your journey of eating healthier, start eating whole foods. Mm, I think that's a great tip. A hard tip. It sounds easy, but it can be really hard sometimes. Like mm-hmm. that sugar does creep in quite a bit. Yes. So yes. just kind and of even reading sometimes, these labels. Right. That, that's the other thing is teaching, uh, teaching people how to read nutrition labels. Mm-hmm. Because if we're, if we're being honest, they're intentionally supposed to be confusing for the average consumer. That's how the, the food industry makes its money. 
is keeping this stuff a little bit ambiguous, a little bit confusing, um, and a lot of really clever marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it comes down to money, right? It's like whoever mm-hmm. has the most money can do what they want, and then you know we follow along because sometimes we just don't know any other way. So it's right. great that we have people like you out there teaching us differently. So thank you very much for sharing your wisdom with us. I mean, this is so important for a lot of us to know. Now, one question I have is what is Switzerland like with the queer community? So where I live in Zurich, it's quite liberal, quite open, but Switzerland is a quite a small country, but it's a very agricultural country. I mean, they have a lot of mountains, a lot of farming. And so there are places in Switzerland, especially in the more rural mountainous areas where people are still quite conservative. And so there is still, I I don't want to say there's a lot of resistance to like homosexuality in Switzerland, but there still are people that are uncomfortable with it. Mm. What I will give credit to Switzerland for is the way that they approach their their government and their processes is that nothing here happens quickly. Mm-hmm. Changes occur very slowly here, but once the change has occurred, everyone's on board and it's not even a question anymore, um, which is something I really appreciate coming from the U.S. where it's like, Every year, it's like we're going back and forth, back and forth. Wait, do we support this now or do we hate it? Do we, you know, every Mm -hmm. year it's like, ah, where are we now? So I really appreciate that aspect of it, that they've already done their work in creating acceptance around same-sex couples being allowed to be in a, a legal union with each other and live together. And compared to the United States, I would say the amount of violence towards homosexuals is much less so I would say in that aspect, it's a, I feel safer here. I feel more accepted here. Mm-hmm. Walking in downtown Zurich in the middle of the night by myself, I don't feel like I'm going to get stabbed or shot by someone who doesn't like a gay boy walking mm-hmm. around their neighborhood. I've never felt in danger in Zurich. So if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about the trans community? Are they accepting of the trans community? As far as I know, yes. I mean, okay. I've, I've met quite a few trans people here in Zurich, and they don't seem to be um, having, you know, uh, extreme amounts of, like, discrimination issues mm-hmm. here in Switzerland. Now, that, that isn't to say that in more rural areas that there wouldn't be people that have some issues with it, but I think for the most part, it's very open and accepting, yes. That's great. That's awesome to hear. Like, I love hearing how things are changing around the world as well as the state's. You're right. The states probably should do things a little bit slower so that we are all on board when we finally decide, like, this is the way we're going forward. (laughs) Yes. I think the one advantage that that Switzerland has in taking things slowly is that they also don't do the bipartisan system thing. So the politics aren't so bipolar. There's a black and a white and we Mm -hmm. just choose one or the other. They have um, so many different parties and they actually have seven representatives that are the presidents of Switzerland. And so there are many parties that get a voice in at all points in time and decisions being made. So it, rather than it's like, oh, right now one party is making all the decisions and then the next president gets elected and they try and undo all of those decisions. I think that's also what kind of gives it more of a, a stability, but also makes the process a little bit slower. Mm. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty great. I, I enjoy the process. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that will probably never happen here in the States. Probably not in, not within our lifetimes. <laughs> not within our lifetime. No, not at all. <laughs> 
So where can people find you and where could they hire you to do some of this mindfulness and wellness coaching? Well, I have a website. It is a Swiss website, so it's not a .com website. It's www.slch.ch. And the SL stands for Seth Lusk. Um, the CH stands for Connect Your Health. .ch. All right. We'll put that in the show notes too, so people don't get confused. Awesome. You can also, I'm also on Instagram under Seth Lusk underscore coaching. And then I also have a Facebook community group called the Health Connection Corner. So it's free to join. Um, We're always accepting new members. And it's just a group of people that want some more clarity on what it looks like to actually live and love a healthy life. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for everything that you're doing for the world. Thank you for having me. Talk to you soon. All right. So remember to follow Seth on all his social media platforms. And if you aren't already, make sure that you're following me and all mine at Real Melissa Da Silva on Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to join my Facebook group, Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. So until next time, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. Bye.